because of the crazy way Robin records anyway, it caused loads of issues, and then it was just even harder, and so, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Let's have a damn off. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. Welcome to Intro to X. This podcast is out there. I'm FBI Director Matt, and I'm joined by my special agents... Tammy, Claire, Brad, and Mel! And Mel! Yay! Mel! Okay. <laughs> so you, Yay. May, you may have noticed that I'm not Robin. No, what's up what? with that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if anyone's let you guys in on this, but Robin has been let go due to certain ineptitudes... Oh, uh, if you listen to our last episode, you'll know. Yeah, definitely. There's just there are times when you just have to cut somebody loose. You know, when they when they aren't doing their job, you just gotta make a clean break and say, "No, I'm sorry, you're fired. Get out." <laughs> <laughs> and we have always held up the Twin Peaks podcast as the shining example of professionalism. Yes. <laughs> and Robin just couldn't reach those those heady heights, so mm-hmm. he had to go. Sorry, Robin. <laughs> Yep. Actually, you're not sorry. No, I'm not sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm actually quite gleeful. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the president gave me a call and he said, "Hey, we need a new FBI director." And I took I took up the post. And apparently, the U.S. government is using uh, taxpayers' time and money to re- review a TV show from the early '90s. I guess. <laughs> Not sure why why Brad's government is doing this, or why they hired me as a Canadian. They have to, to outsource to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm here, and I'll do my job. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> the X-File we're opening today is Season 1, Episode 8, oh, 16, Young at Heart. <laughs> Matt, Mostly you're fired. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Mel, take over. This <laughs> is <laughs> called Young at Heart. <laughs> All right, and uh, so first got to start off with our 60-second plot summary, and I've got my randomizer ready, and here I go. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a tiger by its toe, if it always let it go, out goes why, oh, Claire. Yes! Oh. Is it me Very or clear? Oh. It is Claire. Oh. You got the timer, and you will randomize it. Spoken. Okay, so we're so, three, two, one, go. Okay, everyone, we're in Young at Heart in Pennsylvania, and we see the best dramatic reaction to a scream ever. Oh, no, what's going on? There's some kind of dodgy surgery, um, and there's crazy, creepy chanting. Um, and basically, this guy sees this guy and thinks that he's dead, but he's blinking, so he's not dead. And then we get some spooky Mulder stuff, and Mulder doesn't know what a haiku is, and then we <laughs> get a creepy guy following Mulder around, and then we basically find out that there's been some murders, and it's this guy that Mulder originally put away but didn't kill, or something like that. And then it's all to do with salamander hands, and genetics, and progeria, and very, very, very tenuous uh, uh, medical knowledge. And then at the end, um, the crazy guy appears and has got salamander hand and gets shot. 
um, because Mulder has dealt with his demons, he shoots him, and then at the end it's that he's dead. Oh, but maybe he's not because maybe he'll come back because this is the X Files. The end. Good job. <laughs> One minute, four seconds. Oh! <laughs> just, just over the line. I felt I missed out a lot, but it was kind of hard to explain. Because <laughs> this episode was insane. <laughs> All right, well, before we start the uh, episode debriefing, I have to warn you, I've been given explicit instructions to defend poor acting, bad science, and outrageous leaps in logic. So I may act out of character for myself. Good luck. <laughs> the challenge is on. <laughs> so, okay, so we start out in Tashmu. Tashmu. Is Tashmu? I don't know, but it's a lovely name. It sounds fake. Yeah. It does. Anyone do research? Is it real? We don't do research. What are you talking about? <laughs> do it now. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds too weird to be fake. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right, it's, so... Uh, it's probably like two crew members' last names put together. <laughs> and that's how it came <laughs> uh, Apparently there's places all over the country called Tashmo. Oh. Yeah. I'm imagining there like a cow with a mustache. Tashmo. <laughs> 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 all right, so we're at Stashmo Federal Corrections, <laughs> Pennsylvania, 1989. And a man in a wheelchair prisoner in a wheelchair uh, hears screams. And he not that much of a prisoner because he can just whiz around the hospital <laughs> however he likes. He's got free reign. Yeah. He's in a wheelchair. What can he do? <laughs> he rolls Maybe it. Maybe he's taking it. Maybe. He rolls in on a doctor working on John Barnett who's missing an arm. And uh, the doctor... Whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. He does the best dramatic reaction to a scream I've ever seen. But it's <laughs> screaming, and he just he does a double take, and he's like, huh? and it's amazing. <laughs> Where was he supposed to have been? In yeah. prison. Oh. Well, clearly, but I mean, <laughs> he's roaming the halls. Where is he in a prison that lets you roam the halls? Like, wh- I already said he's well, in a wheelchair. He's well, no threat. they have that justified already? Didn't he notice he wasn't in bed because they were like in a room where there was several beds or something? Yeah, yeah. So he are they are they like co co ed prison? I think he's in the the medical ward. I guess. I don't know. Why would they let them roam free in a a prison, particularly when they seem to be like very violent criminals, like? John John Barnett was a very violent criminal. So. What part of he's in a wheelchair and he can't use his legs? <laughs> don't you understand? No, I'm talking about the other guy. Oh, okay. The, the, the salamander hand man. Oh, well, he's incapacitated and the doctor has him. Oh, okay. Mm. And then the doctor threatens the dude in the wheelchair. <laughs> like, <laughs> he can't do anything, obviously. You're just letting him roam the halls. And now you're going to try and attack him with a little scalpel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so also, his, name's, his name is Crandall. Yeah. Which is the best name ever. Do you know someone named Crandall? I did know someone named Crandall, and he was terrifying. He <laughs> <laughs> was one of our friend's father, and he was the scariest dude. Was he in a wheelchair? No. He was just threatening and terrifying. Everyone was scared of Crandall. <laughs> That's his first name? Yes. What? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> well, this John- is Crandall cast. <laughs> well, John Burnett blinks, and then we get the uh, credits. Now, how old do we think uh, John... Is he, what's his name? John Burnett? Barnett? Barnett. Barnett yeah. How Barnett. old do we think he looks there? I couldn't really tell. I, I would have said he was about 50. 
At least, yeah. yeah. But later on, they say that he was in his 40s then, so he would be older now. And I was like, what? Well, even in that picture that they quote-unquote age of him, like... He doesn't. He's got dark hair, but I swear when he was on that table, he had like white hair. Yeah, it was so weird. I don't know. Mm. Well, also, like, how old was the doctor supposed to be in that scene? <laughs> like, he, he looked the same from the, the footage from the seventies to when we see him like um, saving Barnett to when he comes back later, de-aged. Yeah, it was, but it, they didn't really explain whether they age continuously backwards or they just kind of age backwards and then stay there. Like, was it a full-on Benjamin Button thing? I, no, I think it's just you go back to the prime of your life. Oh. It's a convenient for, prime of your life. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. that's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're in Washington, D.C., and Mulder and Scully are going to check out a jewelry store robbery. You said I'm like you're shopping for like an engagement ring or something. <laughs> <laughs> going to a jewelry no, store. No, no, that, that's, that's, that's season nine. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes so far have we had where they're going to help friends with cases? I was going to say that. They're going so to run out of, they're going to run out of past like oh oh I've worked with this person. Well cuz they all get killed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I was yeah, there I'd be like don't come and help me. You're going to get exactly. killed. Hmm. I would never yeah. call them. It's got to be at least 4 or 5 so far. Uh, can I also just say Reggie, Reggie, <laughs> <laughs> and I like that when Reggie when he says that Reggie goes, I hate it when you do that, and I was thinking, yeah, me too. Please stop. <laughs> I feel I like we should. Yes, let's keep Reggie and give it a Mulder. Yeah, yeah. I just I like that he also has to say that he's gonna blow his mind twice. Yeah, I'm going to blow your mind. <laughs> like, do you think ah. that he actually forgot his line and only remembered the previous <laughs> lines? So that's why he said it twice. I, I yeah, it, it felt like it was some sort of editing mistake. Yeah, that was all awesome, I loved no, it. Just, and then he I really wanted. To, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I, I think he just really wanted to emphasize. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe. He wanted to make sure he knew that he was going to blow his mind. Yeah, like a fair warning. (laughs) Which also means that he hasn't been following Mulder's career at all. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was like, he's not going to blow Mulder's mind. He's, like, used to all this stuff. Um, Also, can we swap Spooky Mulder as a nickname for 10-Minute Mulder? (laughs) 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 Yes. Because I love that. You guys can. There's no one stopping you. <laughs> It'd be hard to get it into the show at this point, but. Mm, true. Uh, so yeah, we meet Reggie Perdue, uh, former Mulder colleague, lone gunman. Uh, a lone gunman apparently killed a clerk after getting after getting the loot. So he still killed the person. And at first, I was confused because uh, he gave he gave a bag to Mulder, and it didn't look like Mulder looked at the bag before. They mentioned that he was wear- he was a, a white male between a certain height, and he's wearing a six ski mask. mask. White male, six feet tall, ski mask. And then Mulder immediately says, that's Barnett. Yeah, that's when I was confused. I'm like, did you even look at what he gave you before you said that? No, he didn't. He <laughs> needs to, it's Mulder. So any, man, any white male between that height and wearing a ski mask equals Barnett. Oh, well, I'm I mean, Barnett. I'm sure the prerequisite was that he also had to be dead, which Barnett, <laughs> he thought, was. So, therefore, oh, yeah. Ghost Barnett had to have come back. <laughs> uh, so, next they go over, uh, he goes over the note with Scully and explains with a lot of expo- exposition his past with Barnett. Uh, this is his first case. 
with the FBI, with the Violent Crimes Unit, and um, Mulder had a theory about Barnett that turned out to be right. <laughs> of course. That happens all the time. And uh, he started getting taunted by Barnett, and uh, once they caught him, uh, because of Mulder's inaction, it caused an agent to get killed. Mm. And also, yeah. apparently, Barnett died four years ago. Because yeah, uh, Mulder always plays by the books. Always. Mm-hmm. Um, and did anyone else notice how calm Mulder and Scully's hair was this episode? <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> like, I was like, did they not use like the right conditioner or something because it wasn't as poofy as normal both of them <laughs> yeah de- Sc- uh, Scully's hair definitely looked a lot different and I was like oh she's like, looks yeah. like she's put a lot of serum on it or something <laughs> Mulder's hair is like usually like a little out of control and it's very calm their hair actually looks healthy this time <laughs> 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 um, so let's talk about Mulder not knowing what a haiku is okay <laughs> Where he There's a lot of things he doesn't know about he this says episode. That, yeah, he says that Barnett leaves him a haiku. And I was like, that's not a haiku. That's one line. On the <laughs> Later haiku. he says, that he says he, uh, he's tired of getting valentines from dead men. I just... It's <laughs> not a valentine either. Although I do think Barnett was interested in Mulder in more than one way. Definitely. Because he's all about blowing him kisses and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the, we've established the writers don't do the research on poems on poetry or on science. How can you be a writer or, and not know about poetry? Or, medi- or medical facts. But you know what? They know their shit when it comes to signatures. <laughs> <laughs> so they go over to the Dude. signature expert, Henderson. Uh, Who's also just... that woman from uh, um, American Horror Story. Mm. Oh, really? Well, she was uh, like the creepy real estate agent. Oh, I don't watch it. Yeah, yeah. She okay. was also on Six Feet Slumber. <laughs> oh really? Are you going to defend that? No, what? Huh? I don't need to defend it. It defends itself. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some strange madman connections here, I guess. Apparently, uh, according to this document I'm reading, uh, last week was Christopher Alport, Alport, uh, Jack yeah. Willis, who plays Billy's dad. This week, Christine Estabrook, Agent Henderson, who plays Joan's mother. Oh. Uh, it means nothing to me. I don't, I don't but has she ever killed a mutant snowman? Probably <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But yes, uh, so Henderson, the signature expert, the handwriting expert, goes over uh, goes over this this clue here, and like it, it's just very strange to me. It, it, doesn't it seem like maybe all maybe everything they're writing for her is bull bullcrap? But it sounds convincing. It seems like they sent a writer on like a like a year long uh, course with the FBI to figure out all this, these signature facts, but they don't bother to look at an encyclopedia for their basic medical knowledge. <laughs> it was very specific, like, they really went into depth. Like, or maybe one of the writers was just really into handwriting, was like, yay, I can use my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, she can tell the ink's fresh, and it's a right-hander, and, like, it's, the person was sitting down, it's a ballpoint pen, stuff about ascenders and descenders and are more likely they just made up all the signature facts and then and then created a signature to fit it <laughs> yeah um i refuse to believe anyone did any research at any point <laughs> in their writing it's quite possible you should talk about the writer actually I think. the writer yeah speaking of writers all right the the writer of this episode is scott Coffer? How would you say that? Calfer? Calfer? Coffer? Uh, freelance writer, friend of Chris Carter. Carter rewrote the script, including the salamander hand. 
<laughs> oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> yeah. Um. You just wondered, what was it before it was a salamander hand? <laughs> I honestly don't get the salamander hand. Like, why not he just be someone who de-ages? But why throw in the salamander hand? Just why? I don't understand it. Just to make it that much creepier. Mm. Well, salamanders can regenerate parts of their bodies, so I'm thinking that's why. Yeah, but that's different from progeria. It is. It is different, but <laughs> yeah. it may have it's, to do with... I, you wonder maybe if like the original version of the script had them like using... like. Salamander, you know, DNA to to de-age them, and this Chris Carter got the idea. No, 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 forget that. <laughs> Let's just give him a salamander hand. Hey, and make I'm, it- yeah, I'm a fan of the lizard out Spider-Man. How? Why don't we have it be the same thing? He wants to grow back his missing hand using exactly. amphibian DNA, but it means that he gets a crazy amphibian hand. Thanks, Stanley. <laughs> when so, I just thought, like, this episode, when we, they started talking about the progeria, I was like, I wonder if this is one of those shows, like, after the episode aired, they had, like, Mulder and Scully come on, and they're like, so, <laughs> if you want to know more about progeria, like, one of those things, and, like, you know, how to donate to them. Because, if like, you've been affected in the, the events yeah, this week's exactly. episode. <laughs> this week on a very special episode of that file. Friends. what it felt like. <laughs> Just so you know, everyone with progeria isn't a monster. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, what did you guys think of Henderson and her apparent past with Mulder? She wants to bang Mulder, I mean. Yeah. Again? Mm -hmm. Even after he disappointed her? (laughs) Even after he was ten minute Mulder. Yeah. That's pretty disappointing. It's the hair. (laughs) (laughs) She just wants to put her fingers through it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, Could you though With all that hairspray Your hand would probably Get stuck in there <laughs> mm. <laughs> So next we get uh, Scully watching footage Of Mulder's shootout uh, She's with Reggie And uh, she sees Barnett killed Killed the driver hostage And he killed Agent Steve Wallenberg Also Why did they surround him Like that There's no way They could have taken a shot Yeah mm. There was like No cover whatsoever I don't know. Do you think Mulder could have taken a shot? If he wanted to shoot another FBI agent, I guess. Yeah, it's possible. Because they were all standing around in a circle. Yeah. It would have been the same thing either way, because someone would have got shot. Mm. So now uh, Mulder gets a fax of Barnett's death certificate. And uh, Scully tells Mulder he did the right thing, and Mulder disagrees and slams the door in Scully's face. I love when he says, um, Revenge from the Grave, that's a neat trick. And he's all sarcastic. Yeah. Um, didn't, you, didn't that happen last week? <laughs> <laughs> There's been tons of revenge from the grave. As soon we forget. <laughs> um, so Mulder goes to watch Steve Wallenberg's kid play football. Creepy. And a creepy dude on a bench. Okay. So when it, it panned for the first time past that guy, I was like, who the hell is that creeper? I didn't know if it was anything to do with the story. I just thought it was like a creepy extra. <laughs> and I was like, why, why has, yeah, exactly. I was like, why have none of the teachers or the parents come up to him yet and gone, uh, are any of these your children? Because you're super creepy. <laughs> and we're going to call Chris Hansen. <laughs> Seriously. <But> no. <laughs> so why does they do that to Mulder? Yeah. Yeah, true. exactly. I should take them both away. They were too busy admiring his hair. They're like, oh, your hair looks so nice. <laughs> you know what's terrible? Would you like a child? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a 
you missing, boy? I wonder how often Mulder has, like, gone to this kid's, like, football practice. Yeah. yeah. Or if he'll ever this go the first yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> There's two people you, you never want to see, like, at your child's sporting events, and that's David Duchovny or Jerry Seinfeld. You just don't want it to happen. <laughs> So, so who's the creepy dude supposed to be, you think? At this point, I thought it was John Barnett. <laughs> yeah. But it can't be, because there's no salamander hand. Oh, did he have his hands out? Yep. Did he? Did he? But yeah, he had he, the creepy old eyes. He, they were folded, though. You couldn't really tell. But he had no gloves on, did he? No, he didn't. Oh. Just, I'm pretty sure it was the doctor, I think. That's Maybe. even weirder. If it was supposed to be John Burnett, I'm pretty sure it's a mistake then, because he had normal hands, as far as I could tell. But it makes that, more sense for him to be following Mulder. If it's the Doctor, then that's just even weirder, because, like, why yeah. is he there? Well, the Doctor doesn't make sense. We'll get to that, but that, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of questions there. Um, so we, uh, Mulder goes back to his car, and he finds another note and some photos of himself, and he cries out into the into the air. <laughs> <laughs> Like a crazy person. <laughs> oh, it's just so funny. <laughs> and I just imagine like everybody around stopping what they were doing to look at him. <laughs> Weirdo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Um, well, that had to be Barnett at the at the game because he had like the weird eye. Well, so did the doctor. We'll get to did the weird eyes. I've got issues with those. The weird eyes? Yeah. I've got weird eyes that are dead, but you can still see out of them? Well, here's the thing, okay, we might as well mention it now. So, they're meant to be, like, when they took the de-aging thing, they weren't meant to be, like, super old, were they? They weren't elderly, mm. either of them. They they said that John John um, Barnett, if he'd been alive, he would have been in his mid-40s, which makes no sense because he looks, like, older than the Earth. But, um, Prime ages you. It ages your spirit. Wow. Um, but, you know, the doctor wouldn't have been really, really old. So apparently they both just happen to have severe cataracts. Because that's not a normal thing of aging is having your eyes that bad, that cloudy. No, 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 that, no. That's cataracts. You get about 40 and your eyes just glaze over. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a side effect of the uh, the treatment. It's a side effect of being in the presence of David Duchovny's acting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blind. You know, it may be the salamander thing because salamanders. I don't think salamanders can see very well. Well, the salamander thing was only used on Barnett, though. Yeah. Should sure the doctor injected himself with salamander <laughs> juice, though? Salamander juice. Love <laughs> 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 oh, that salamander juice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just on Breaking Bad. See, I was thinking of something like um, when when he does the experiment, you basically die, and then like for it to kick in, you have to die first, and then it starts de-aging you. But I think your eyes continue to like have problems, like they're decaying or something at a rapid rate. Creepy. That makes sense. Thank you for. But they're not such a rapid rate that they, you're just eyeless, so <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I still prefer salamander juice. I like salamander <laughs> juice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now we get Reggie talking to Mulder, and he tells him he's disappointed that he's become spooky Mulder. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what Brad thought about all of Reggie's compliments to Mulder in this scene, because he's so complimentary about Mulder as an FBI agent. But the thing is, like, we've heard before that Mulder was a great profiler, Mm -hmm. and apparently, like, he did, like, he, um, when he got, uh, um, uh, uh, Boggs before, like, he's apparently good at his job. Like, when he's not doing weird stuff. And I, Reggie's awesome, because Reggie's like, yeah, well, whatever. 
you need to cover your ass regardless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, yes, the, the first sensible person. Yeah, I love Reggie. Reggie's awesome. Reggie. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Scully comes in with Barnett's will, and apparently he left everything to Joe Crandall. 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 Apparently his ashes have already been spread in a river, and but Mulder still thinks it's him, just because. Because he feels it, that's the exact quote. Why? Yeah. Because I, I just feel it. Um. And we know he's always right, so... <laughs> You can't question that. <laughs> because of reasons. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got the feels. <laughs> That's right. So Mulder goes to get help from a magic computer imaging program. Oh, my word. Oh like, my what God. is this woman typing in that computer? Beard? Beard appears. I was like, okay. Oh. <laughs> my favorite was he goes, he could be wearing any disguise. And all I did was start imagining, like, this lady putting, like, a clown nose on him and, like, a little top hat and, like, just random. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, he, he could be wearing anything. Tap turns into Pennywise the clown. <laughs> Oh, no. we'll get to that later. Okay, and then then we we cut to like a montage of him dressing, of him having a little costume montage. <laughs> oh, I really want that to happen to the song "Young at Heart" by the Mavericks. <laughs> this is this computer program is very similar to that. This uh, was it last episode or the one before where they had something similar for audio. It's just a magic. Oh, yeah. program. It's Enhanced. like a magic fingerprint. Uh, stretching computer. Yes. <laughs> I love the fact that Mulder says to to um, the woman, um, "I want a printout of all of the different options." And I was like, "But you said he could be wearing any disguise. That's like a billion options, <laughs> and you want a printout of all of it." It's like this is him with a ginger beard. This is him with a black beard. <laughs> well, it was ninety. It was like what ninety three, ninety four. So there really were. There was probably like twenty predefined costumes. <laughs> they, they hadn't invented several beards yet. The <laughs> 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 <a> limited option. <laughs> Until the hipsters came along, we had no idea what kind of beard tech. <laughs> Uh, we get a flashback to the trial, and Mulder's on the stand talking about Barnett's motives. I feel like this oh. flashback is unnecessary. Yeah. It was unnecessary, because we heard this already. Yeah. Shockingly <laughs> unnecessary. Can I, can I just awful. tell you guys a little story? Okay. Sure. So you know the woman who's the prosecutor? Yes. Well, yeah. once upon a time, she was she was a mum, and she had a small daughter, and her daughter was out in the garden and uh, was playing on her little tricycle, and then looked over at the clothesline, thought she saw something in the clothesline which then jumped out of the clothesline and killed her killed her daughter do you know who that person was ladies and it was Pennywise the clown (laughs) (laughs) I thank you and I should also mention that at one point Pennywise also has a crazy salamander hand with three fingers and a thumb just saying yeah just saying uh so yeah, Mulder gets all upset at the trial, and as he's leaving the stand, he screams that Barnett should die, and Barnett says he'll get Mulder. And Oscar goes to David Duchovny. <laughs> that was the most I've seen him emote. Yeah. If he was up for Oscar, that is the clip that they would play, you know, when no. they're that, that was Harry Truman acting. It was. Yeah, like, I don't think he actually... Loud. 
<laughs> yeah, he didn't. His voice just got louder. He didn't actually have any emotion. <laughs> he wasn't really yelling. He just got louder. <laughs> was it me, guys, or was David Duchovny's acting particularly bad in this episode? I really yes. thought it was like a lot worse than normal. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I don't know why. Yeah. Hey, now it's no worse than usual. <laughs> <laughs> And the Harry that's, Truman, that's the best I can defend it with. <laughs> the Harry Truman Award for amazing <laughs> acting chops goes to David Duchovny. I don't think Congratulations. I'm fire arm over to anyone in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really honored to get this award. Thank you. <laughs> mm. Um, so dope. Um, can I point out? Um, also, not only was this woman in it, the prosecutor, she was also in Marley and Me, the puppy years. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking hate Marley and Me. I've never seen it, but I just oh. love the fact that there was a sequel. Oh, the puppy years. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, everything. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Another slight detour. <laughs> um, speaking of Marley and Me, the puppy years. Um, <laughs> here's the synopsis according to IMDb. Oh, More fun from Marley, and this time he speaks. Oh no! <laughs> no. Really? <laughs> Apparently, it's like a look who's talking with Marley and me, which who is amazing. Who does Marley's voice? I have to know. Oh, good question. <laughs> Hold on. But look who's talking. One of them did have the animals speak, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Didn't it, like look who's talking five and a half or something? Look who's talking now. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brad, we must know. I'm trying to find out, but I, I'm not seeing a listing. Maybe they've not made it yet. <laughs> no, it's it's it direct to DVD. It's out. Ooh, I'm gonna hunt it down. Well, everything Mulder says is stricken from the record, and uh, so next Scully calls the prison for his medical records for uh, Barnett's medical records, and apparently he was admitted to the infirmary with hand infection, and nothing it had nothing to do with his heart, as previously it's uh, stated. Mm. Mm-hmm. Any updates, Brad? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the, the the voice of Marley was played by um, young actor Grayson Russell, uh, no. best known for Talladega Nights and the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies. You need a better agent. This today's episode is all about acting chops. <laughs> <laughs> So is it the next scene in which there's the comment about a ghost, Mulder says about a ghost to Scully, and she does a bit of a look, because obviously she saw her ghost dad a few episodes back. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think you believed in ghosts, Scully. Uh, uh, so we're back at Tashmu, and Mulder and Scully go see <laughs> Crandall, and they talk about his relationship with Barnett, and apparently they bonded over changing bandages. Disgusting. Over over infected wounds. Yeah. (laughs) By changing bandages. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He tells them about the night he saw the doctor working on Barnett, and uh, that's about it. Working on Barnett. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's all. So back at FBI HQ, Mulder and Scully get a phone call from Barnett, and <laughs> he's—I <laughs> found it funny because he's like, uh, "What makes you think I'm taping you?" And he says the same thing that makes me think you're putting a trace on me. And then I thought to myself, 
It's probably because he heard Scully say right into the phone, I'm going to go put a trace. <laughs> and, he heard, and he heard Mulder go over and hold the phone to the tape recorder and hit the tape recorder button. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I will say, though, I feel like if we if we have to give Mulder a Moriarty character, as awful as Mulder is, like, this guy has the worst comebacks ever. Yeah. Everything he's... Like, nothing's clever about him. His acting choices yeah. were really weird, this actor. Yeah, yeah he was creepy. And he called yeah. him Muldor. Muldor. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, the new, that's the New Hampshire accent. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the accent they were pointing out, and I was like, what? Make no, him Muldor? Muldor. Eastman. Muldor. Muldor is Gwildor's cousin. <laughs> That was the question I had because yeah, he mentions he has a new New Hampshire accent. Um, what is a New Hampshire accent? What's it sound like? No, <laughs> you know, because we don't. Wouldn't it just sound like a kind of generic New England accent? Maybe. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, yeah it's more and then Mulder has the best line. He says, "He was hip to the trace." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Did you have a note here? But I honestly don't know how Scully could have handed the phone over to Mulder, and she was completely clueless. It's like, oh. you're talking to a really creepy-sounding guy, and then you're like, oh, here you go, the phone's for you. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine any time any of, any of Mulder's friends call for him? It's going to be creepy. Yeah. Mulder's well, not friends. He probably sounded fine when Scully picked up. She was like, hello, and he's like, oh, hello, is Agent Mulder there? And then Mulder picks up and like, hello, Mulder. 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 Mulder, it's your D&D friends. I, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it when he said, uh, Tammy, when he says uh, he was hip to the trace or whatever, because I thought it made him, it, like, I thought Mulder was trying to sound like a kind of hard boiled, like, noir detective, <laughs> like, ah, oh, he was hip to the trace, seeing the funny papers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> It, just, it, it didn't fit at all, like Mulder's character, that he would say that. It was so bizarre. It was so weird. Duchov- Do you think David Duchovny thinks that his ca- he's playing Mulder like Humphrey Bogart in his mind? <laughs> the Humphrey Bogart of this, of this uh, decade. Of the 90s. Of the 90s. Wow. Now listen up, sailor. <laughs> <laughs> this cat's hip to the trace. <laughs> so he, uh... <laughs> He tells him he stood beside him in line this morning for coffee, and he threatens him and his friends, and then he gives him a little kissy noise. Mulder says that it's impossible that he stood next to him in line. Why? Why is that impossible? I guess he wasn't expecting him to look young, so he was... Uh, yeah. Hmm. Because he could be wearing any one of many, many... Oh, yes. Yeah. It's true. I imagine him being all disguised like Windermere, <laughs> like a pantomime <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, were you the pantomime horse? Yeah. <laughs> That's impossible. I was standing by a horse and like, oh my god. <laughs> Soon we gotta get three thousand photos of this horse out. Everyone needs to know. Uh. <laughs> I want to put a beard on the suit. <laughs> <laughs> Each of the horse, each of the horse, back twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> it was a horse fetus. <laughs> was chasing me. Uh, all right, uh, Reggie. Reggie gets a call at home from Mulder, and he updates him about Crandall. And then uh, Barnett comes in and kills Reggie with one hand. 
Oh. Yeah. Reggie, <laughs> like what's going on? Reggie, answer me, Reggie. Reggie, what's happening? Reggie, are you there? Reggie, are you okay? Reggie, 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 Reggie. <laughs> if he had done that in the phone, would he have, done, that have revived anything? <laughs> you never know. He just, like, said it for ages, but he was so monotone. Like, there was no actual worry in his voice. He was just like, Reggie, are you there? Reggie, what's happening? Are you okay? I was like, oh, my word. <sighs> oh, I think Reggie's been killed. Oh, y- you can do it, man. Get up, get up, Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Reggie, Reggie, are you okay, Reggie? Are you okay, Reggie? <laughs> so now, I want to know how, what he's like in like in real life with his family and real life situations. Like I kind of want to see him act like yeah to day to day situations. Mm. Uh, Tia, are you okay? Are you okay, Tia? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so Mulder, Mulder and Scully are at the crime scene, and Mulder's upset. The bodies are piling up because he shouldn't. He uh, he didn't take that shot. <clears throat> and then is he? They get another note there as well. And then he takes that note back to Henderson. And she has more handwriting facts. <laughs> this note was written by a salamander. <laughs> I really thought she was going to say there was like little, like, uh, you know, like salamander stuff it's on the. Salamander me. juice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's strange. There's no smudges as there would be if he was wearing a glove. Uh, so he's not wearing a glove, but he's. Well. <sighs> There's salamander juice everywhere. I'm just going to throw that out. He has a salamander hand. I'm not going to lie. Besides what the writers have written for this character with all of her her specifics, it it seems like in the universe, it seems like she's really desperate to justify her job. Yeah. (laughs) With all these points, like, he's right-handed. The pressure points in the pen group. Please don't buy me. Please don't buy me. The cursive figures equals male suspect. Uh, nice fluid style pressure variations and connectors. <laughs> Person needs well, good security she... for aesthetic <laughs> hand. Yeah. Doesn't she even make a comment? I don't know if it was this scene or the one before it, where she was like something like, "I'm just showing off" or something. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. okay. Yeah, she does. She's she wants trying to bang Mulder. Mulder. Yeah, she yeah. is. Yeah. And I mean, that's. She's a sad and desperate person, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the next scene when Scully gets stalked to the soundtrack of The Omen. <laughs> was, oh my, that was amazing. Uh, what the hell? Yeah. Cammy and I discussed this briefly earlier, and if they're going to make some character, like one of the, the monsters in the X-Files, like give him this creepy music as though it's like a really big deal, why did they pick this guy? Because he's like the worst villain ever. <laughs> Yeah, and I was awesome comebacks. Like, oh, oh yeah, you're the yeah. dead man. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and and Claire and I were saying like maybe this is just the music Scully was listening to in her house, yeah. like in our apartment. Like this was just all. That's what I actually <laughs> thought. Satanic Gregorian chant. <laughs> <laughs> She's a Satanist. <laughs> but the, the volume was really low, so what is she doing? Like when the volume was really low at first, and then it got higher and higher. Yeah, so but the Scully devil had their remote be... control and turning the volume as the scene got more. <laughs> yeah. Now the devil has really good hearing, so you don't need the music loud for him to hear it. And clearly, when Scully was creeping around, she accidentally stood on the remote control and turned the volume up. <laughs> 
Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what it was. <laughs> I mean, because she had candles lit, I thought maybe she's just relaxing, listening to a little opera. No, she was raising the devil. <laughs> that's just the music in this scene, because why not? Uh, that scene's actually later. The next scene... <laughs> the next scene is... Uh, I was just so excited. <laughs> the research on uh, Dr. Ridley. Ridley. I almost said Wrigley. I didn't say Wrigley. The gum doctor. Um, and, um, so, so he's not a doctor anymore. His license was revoked because of his work with progeria children. And uh, oh, yeah. it wasn't his license; it was his membership. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't understand that at all. <laughs> like, does he just have to pay to be a doctor, and that's it? <laughs> not sure how that works. Does he get a newsletter every so often? <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He'll never know when the big chili cook-off is now. <laughs> <laughs> so they go over uh, progerious stats with the uh, FBI doctor there, and they uh, get the backstory on Ridley, and he thought he could slow down ex- uh, aging, and he didn't care about these kids, he just wanted the secrets of progeria, and they called him Doctor Mig- Mingula. Mingula. Mingula? Blah, yeah. They say it a few different ways in this episode. Yeah, because like the actor tries to be all cool and pronounce it. He's, he tries to be German, and it's weird. It's like they called him Doctor Mengele. Yeah, we get it. We get it. All right, Doctor Mengele. Yeah, mm-hmm. fine. Um, and then they make some hacky joke about him going to South America. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, shut up. I'm gonna. Uh, first of all, this doctor, fuck him. Because yeah. this guy, he's like, he didn't care about those kids. He doesn't have to care about the kids. He's a research scientist. Mm. If he can reverse aging, great. Like that's what he's excited about. He doesn't have to worry about the kids. Mm. Uh, there's some trivia here. Uh, footage of the young girl with progeria was filmed after the production crew contacted the progeria society and were put in touch with the family of Courtney Arciaga, who was a, a young girl with a disease. She and her family were fans of the series. What? Already? <laughs> and, and were flown from their San Diego home to Vancouver to shoot the scene. Executive producer Robert Goodwin considered the the episode one of the most emotional episodes of the first season due to the sp- the time spent working with Courtney. Hmm. Way to bring us yeah. down. I mean, I could see them being fans because didn't didn't the show already have a magazine and everything? Didn't we go? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and that People was like three desperate. episodes in. <laughs> this caught on quick. People were desperate for entertainment in the early 90s. (laughs) (laughs) There was no more Twin Peaks, and they just needed their fix. I guess. David Duchovny on telly. Hey, there's a new show on. It looks kind of weird. All right, I guess we'll start a club. (laughs) (laughs) Is the show going to be any good? Eh, probably not. People do that all the time nowadays. Like, there's podcasts about shows that have been on a week. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. True, but it's really easy to make a podcast. Spoilers. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Like, Come we need to, like, see behind go and, like, the curtain, listeners. Uh, we're just talking. <laughs> we're sitting in front of microphones and talking. These yeah. people were, like, making, like, fan magazines and going to, like, Kinko's and making copies and mailing them at a post. Like, they put in a lot of time and work that may or may not be so justified. <laughs> um, Look, there was scrapbooking going on, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a little easy to set, easier to set up a WordPress site and talk into a microphone. <laughs> mm. 
So because of all this progeria talk, uh, they go back to the magic computer and age age uh, Barnett backwards this time. Yeah. And add a healthy 20 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the scene with uh, Scully writing a report. Oh, yeah. And her, her. Uh, domino. <laughs> <laughs> the high-waisted... High-waisted pants. Incredibly high-waisted pants. Yes. yes. And then uh, she hears a knock at her door, and it's Ridley. Yeah. So, Brad, didn't you say you had something about Ridley? All right. So, here are the options on the table. <laughs> Option one, um, douchey scientist guy, um, from, uh, whatever, Tash, Tashmoo station, uh, <laughs> either he's actually in contact with Ridley and said, hey, there's some FBI agents that were asking about you, in which case, he's kind of a douche, mm-hmm. or Ridley somehow knows that Mulder and Scully are investigating, or he knows that Barnett is coming after Mulder. What the hell's going on? Why is he there? Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Because he doesn't say why he suddenly appeared, does it? It's hey, just... Hey, hey, he just knows. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Dr. Exposition. <laughs> he had a feeling. He's Adam. <laughs> He's, yeah, he just... I love that I love that immediately it's like, uh, apparently she calls Mulder over, and they're all sitting on... Scully's like, like all cozy on the couch, they're drinking coffee, yeah. and just chatting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they talk to Ridley, and they find out that Barnett is the only uh, patient to survive these tests, these crazy progeria tests. Uh, Ridley himself is dying, but Barnett is thriving, except for his eyes, <clears throat> and he can still somehow see out of them. Yeah. It's because of a variation of treatments on him that allowed him to survive, and it caused him to grow a freaky salamander hand. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and we also get the reveal that the government funded Ridley. Dun dun dun. Yep. And at the start of this episode, I saw in the credits that um, Deep Throat was going to be in it, mm. and I was like, "Oh no!" And I put in my notes, "Oh no, Deep Throat. That might mean it's a bad episode because we've only had one good episode with Deep Throat so far." <laughs> yeah. Mm. So I was on. I was on my lookout. Uh, the gov- government's been bargaining with uh, Burnett to buy back the stolen uh, Ridley research. Uh, Deep Throat says the government is thinking of giving in to his demands. And Mulder does not like that. <clears throat> um, just checking it for Alright, so... Another question here. So, the government knows that Barnett has the research. So... And they're going to like give him a huge payout to get it, theoretically. Mm-hmm. For what reason... Did he rob a bank and start fucking with Mulder now? Because couldn't he just said, hey, um, here's the deal. You give me a ton of money, and how about you kill Mulder? <laughs> mm-hmm. Done. I don't think anyone would argue with that. <laughs> no. I have no idea, because when we get to the end of the episode, spoilers, I was like, what is his plan? Like He's like, oh, you can't shoot me because I've got the research and they're going to give me all this money. And I was like, well, what, what are you doing? Like, I, I didn't understand. It's <laughs> what I'm trying just, to say. He just wants to fuck with Mulder personally, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, like, it's like he knew he was going to get this big payout and, like, a, a new lease on life, like, get all, you know, get immunity for everything. But he wants to kill Mulder first. Just Why not do that. it afterwards? Yeah. Like, Psych- psychopaths are rarely patient. <laughs> or just kill him. Like, why all this toying around nonsense? 
got to make him feel the, the guilt and the pain. Sorry, I was possessed by Robin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got some uh, trivia that we accidentally skipped over here. Agent, uh, Agent Purdue's strangulation went on much longer, but Fox made them cut it down. So, I guess the way it was, it looked like he just like crushed his windpipe or something. But. Mm. Yeah. Salamander power. Yeah. <laughs> Activate. Uh, next we get... The phone rings at Scully's, and the machine picks it up. And she's in the shower, and then she comes out, and she plays back her messages, and for some reason she is uh, tipped off. I, I did not understand this. Me no, neither. because she comes out, and the messages are playing, and she hasn't called in to get her messages. I thought I saw her hit the button to play them back. Yeah, too. No, I think she's going back to see what was being played. Like, she came out and somebody was, and the messages were um, being played, and she hadn't done it. Yeah. Really? So I, then she rewinds to see what yeah. it was. I could have sworn. And it wasn't a new message. I could have sworn the phone rang, uh, and then it picked up, and then she right. came out. And, I don't know. No, because, it's, guys, it's been a long time since we've had answering machines. Yeah. So it took me a second <laughs> to figure this out as well. <laughs> She's in the show. The phone rings because um, he's calling in to get her messages. Now, oh, okay. Never mind. That's right. I thought yeah. I thought she thought he had been in her house and he had like played them on the tape in her house. I forgot you, you could do that remotely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that used to be a thing. You call because you have to buy it. I mean, you have to buy the special answering machines and you could call in and get your messages. All right. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then we get nineties. <laughs> so uh, now Burnett calls Mulder again. Sounds like he's on drugs. Oh, that was gross. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Again, he says all his friends will be dead soon. And then they review what uh, Burnett knows about Scully, uh, a better social schedule. And uh, they figure out that he'll probably try to get at her at a uh, friend's cello recital. And we start seeing the uh, first, like, his hand a little bit. And he keeps touching his face, which is... (laughs) <laughs> gross. Uh, a salamander gross juice all over his face. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's like touching his lips too. Like, no, you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm um, pretty sure he was he was dropping some salamander juice when he was talking to Mulder. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Definitely. You know, I wonder if you could get high from licking a salamander. <laughs> Maybe that's what he was doing. Maybe. <laughs> Just licking his hand. <laughs> it was making him high. He did sound high. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the FBI stakes out the theater. Uh, Scully's nervous about being bait. And uh, Burnett is disguised as a piano tuner, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Can we also Shifty not... piano tuner ever. Let's not forget that Mulder says, um, <laughs> let's not make sure it's the last time you play the target. <laughs> <laughs> I'd enjoy putting you in danger some more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. yeah. Mulder and Scully wait in the lobby, and he gives her a wink. And then uh, Burnett comes out and finds Scully and shoots her. And then he runs back into the theater and grabs Scully's friend as a hostage. And he taunts Mulder, and he doesn't think he'll shoot him, because he's the only one who knows where the research is, so Mulder shoots him. <laughs> I think he shot him in the head. The way they, they framed it, yeah. I really thought they'd shot him in the head, and then later on you see that they didn't. Where else could he have shot him? Wasn't enti- his entire body behind the hospital? Yeah, that's why I don't. In the salamander hand. Salamander <laughs> juice everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> How did he know Mulder was there? I don't know. I don't, if he know. I don't know if he did know. He only knew Scully was there, and he... 
I don't think he expected the FBI to be there. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have shot in a lobby full of people. He did say he was all of Mulder's friends, though. Yeah, he just went there to kill Scully. Does that mean so, that he was going to fly to Scotland Yard and kill... <laughs> what's her face? Probably. No. Agent Snooty. Uh, so Scully comes to, and of course she's wearing a vest. Why, when people get shot, when they're wearing Kevlar vests, do they automatically become unconscious? Do they faint? I guess. Then it does. Well, she got thrown back pretty hard, so it I just thought like, she hit her head it is like getting a bowling ball in the chest, according to Agent Cooper. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um, because, like, I mean, that Kevlar, it's, just, it's really like more spreading out the, the concussion. I mean, the uh, the impact. Mm. Like, you're still getting hit with a lot of force. Yeah. It's just reverberating through a chest plate. Um, so Burnett's in the hospital, and the CIA is trying to get some info out of him on his deathbed. That was amazing when he was yelling at him. <laughs> Where are they? Where are they? <laughs> Ridiculous. We get a close-up of the salamander hand as he apparently dies. <laughs> his, his eyes open as he turns his head and dies. I wasn't sure if that was supposed to convey that he's still alive or just he died and his eyes opened for some reason. Well, later on they do say that it might not be the last we've seen of John Burnett, Burnett so I kind of figured it was mm. maybe he's not died. Maybe they faked his death. Kind of hope it didn't the feel to see of him. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we get shots of people and places that perhaps could have the research, and then we zoom in on a locker. What a locker in a station full of the shiftiest people I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice how everyone in that, in that station was super shifty? Yeah, like you the were guy with the paper, and then there was someone creeping past the lockers? Yeah, you were supposed to think, oh, does he have it? Oh, does oh, he? Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, you know what's weird about this is, um, recently I watched the horrific film Lockout on Netflix. Ooh. Yeah, it's really... Guys, if you want to see something insane, um... Watch Guy Pierce and Maggie Grace on a space prison. <laughs> yeah. um, but a large part of the plot revolves around secret documents that the government wants hidden in a, a like a, a locker at a like at a bus station that looks very much like this. Oh. And I was immediately taken back to that, which didn't help the episode at all. <laughs> um, so I've got a few more, a couple more things of trivia here. Uh, this is the first episode that Mulder kills someone. Didn't Scully have her first kill last week or the week before? Something like that? Um, she, yeah, she, last week she killed Dupre. Alright. Uh, director, Michael, director Michael Lang said of this script, uh, he liked it very much, and I think it stayed fairly close to the original draft. I liked it because it had a good spookiness to it. To me, the intriguing part was the doctor's research into being able to reverse the aging process, which I wish we could have explored more. So he liked the script, but Chris Carter rewrote it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I didn't get any puns in, guys. But What was the pun that you had? Okay, I'll do a completely unrelated pun to X-Files. Um, <laughs> appar- <laughs> apparently, people think firefighters should be paid more, but they took a poll and a bunch of them fell through the floor. <laughs> Wait, I thought Robin was gone this week. <laughs> Matt did say he's possessed by Robin. I have to, I have to play Robin here. I gotta do him justice. <laughs> I think <laughs> Matt is looking to be fired, like Robin. Yeah. <laughs> you know they did fire Robin for a reason. Oh crap! Maybe I shouldn't try to be more like Robin. <laughs> uh, all right, so now we're on the monster runway. We're gonna rate the, the hand. <laughs> Just the hand, or the, 
Let's just, just rate the hand. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the scariness of the hand? Uh, it wasn't that scary. It was pretty gross. Okay. Yeah, it was just gross. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> if you lick it, you can. <laughs> <get all that. laughs> okay. How is the hand's creativity? <laughs> it's, really good. it's a really good handwriter. Oh yes, yeah. Yes. The arches and the uh, the points. I mean, very strong. Very. Yeah, and the descenders. Yep. yep. <laughs> good, good. Could be a yeah, an, a writer. Uh, sex appeal of the hand. Oh, so sexy. Mm. No. no. I don't know. <laughs> no. I mean, the way it's face. Maybe. Maybe. Who wants to jump in bed with that hand? Either <laughs> <laughs> it's attached to because he loved it. He kept <laughs> his, hand, his face all over. <laughs> uh, Mulder versus Scully. Ooh, I haven't thought about this. Me neither, actually. Oh, I had a question. At the end of the episode, it focuses on the number of the locker, and it's number nine three five. And I wondered if that was like Chris Carter's favorite number or something. Uh, that information has not been provided to me by the government. It's his, it's mother's date of birth or something. Yeah, I'm not sure it's somebody's. Mm-hmm. It's a salamander's birthday. Mulder <laughs> <laughs> uh, versus Scully. Um, Mulder. Ah, Scully didn't Scully do anything didn't this episode. Do anything? Yeah. yeah. I don't think she did anything. Well, she, I mean, she, she took a bullet. Shot. <laughs> yeah. Does she had like Mulder win. Does his Mulder win by default? That would suck. Well, he I mean, get- she had a, she had creepers break into her house. Yeah. yeah. Are you say and he did shoot Barnett at the end. Oh, I guess Mulder wins, guys. Mulder wins. Mm. <gasps> That's a few wow. weeks in a row. Inexplicably, Mulder wins. <laughs> yeah. Once again, inexplicably, Mulder wins. <laughs> All right. Uh, so now it's time for field reports. Feedback from our agents in the field. Okay. Who's, who's pulling that up? Two sex. All right. Uh, I'm just doing a count. So far, we have 16 episodes in. We have one, two. Nine wins for Mulder. Ooh. Oh my god. Like seven for Scully. I, I wish the writers would like give Scully better stuff. Yeah. Like make her you know, awesome like she was when she took uh people down in that one episode or we whatever. Loved the like, and that was the Scully centric episode. Yeah. Alright. Uh first voicemail is from Michael David. It's a da- Dana Scully is Gryffindor. No. no. What? <laughs> Harry Potter. Scully, I get Scully it. Scully is Ravenclaw, damn it. Um, <laughs> it's all the worst, but here is the worst. <laughs> hey guys, here's my quick feedback for the episode. Um, basically, uh, Mulder gets stalked by a guy who then sends him headshots. Um, he's convinced it's a guy who's dead who then kills some random FBI guy that they chant his name. Uh, and Scully lights sexy candles when she... But she types up her reports. <laughs> John from Northern Kentucky does that too. Just saying. Not that I know. I'm just saying it's a possibility. John, if you write, if you uh, light sexy candles while you write up your police reports, please let us know. Uh, then uh, Dr. Harry Potter shows up at uh, Scully's door and only has a month to live, and the guy's turning into the lizard. So, oh, and Mulder gets some deep spirit at the end. I remember watching these. I used to die waiting for the deep throat parts, and really, they're not, they're really kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> they're not really that good. But, uh, yeah, Barnett definitely is Slytherin, um, as we saw, and uh, I'm sure Brad will love that reference. Anyway, alright, later, guys. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what? <Is> that Barnett? <laughs> Did Barnett creep on the call then? Because that's terrifying. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. No, thank you. 
I'm going to read Ina's email. Cool. You do that. I shall. This is from Ina. Hello, you lovely intro toxers. I have to admit, I was slacking a bit at feedback last week, and shame on me for that, but I had absolutely nothing to say about the episode. This episode seemed to be much of the same, with someone from their past seemingly coming back from the dead, but then it was all salamander hands and reverse ageing and murder attempts on our scully. So I have to give it some points for not being boring and straightforward. Mulder was jumping to the conclusion that it had to be Barnett awfully fast, wasn't he? Oh, the robber was wearing a ski mask, so it had to be him. No one has ever forged someone else's handwriting before, or something otherworldly, or so something otherworldly had to be going on. The scientific explanations didn't make much sense, and that hand looked like it wasn't usable for much. <laughs> Certainly not for writing. Well, we don't know. Certainly not for writing lovely, threatening haikus to Mulder. And the the choir music of doom that played when Scully was in her apartment and heard noises was really out of place compared to the usual X-Files score. Also, who goes to a a cello recital? And, oh, hello, Deep Throat, you're useless. (laughs) I'm going to give it 5.5 out of 10 super secret anti-aging research we probably will never see again. Love you all, Ina. Thanks, Ina. Mercy. And I guess she said in uh, the Facebook group that for her recital means practice versus oh, a performance. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> I was going to say, why are you getting on cello recitals? <laughs> <laughs> it would be weird if Scully went to a practice and she was like, yeah, you're really getting there. Good <laughs> you. That's what I thought. That's what I thought it meant to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's next? I've got a voicemail here. We've got, um, we've got a medical minute from Desk. Sweet. Oh, really? There's a lot of yeah. going on this episode. Listen, sometimes, sometimes body swaps happen. <laughs> Hello, intro talks, it's Des. Um, yeah, I just watched E Young at Heart, and I need to call shenanigans on Dr. Mangla. Um, I am not a doctor, but I'm sure Moira will back me up when I say that, um... Myelin, yeah, he was not right about that. Um, babies actually have myelin when they're born. They have some. And the process doesn't complete till they're like a year or two old. And um, it does insulate the neurons. Gully was correct. But I'm pretty sure a lack of myelin does not allow for regenerative powers because when you lose myelin, you develop things like MS. And I don't know many people with MS who can grow a hand, uh, even a salamander hand. So I have to call shenanigans on that. I thought that was a little ridiculous. Overall, this episode was okay. Eh, I found it a little boring. <laughs> um, but uh, eh, eh, eh. maybe next week will be better. We'll see. Um, I can't wait to hear what you guys think. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Des. Thank you, Des. <laughs> we do have feedback from uh, from Moira as well, so maybe she'll be able to expand upon that medical minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe. She might have completely uh, other things that she's got an issue with. <laughs> um, I'll read John's email. Uh, one, I'm not going to say anything about securing paper evidence in plastic bags. Okay, maybe I just did. Don't do it. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. (laughs) Two, nothing like surrounding the suspect thoroughly and creating a crossfire hazard. Someone take the guns from those FBI agents before they kill each other, for the love of God. (laughs) 
Three, all things considered, Barnett t- takes spectacular promotional photos. <laughs> <laughs> Four, apparently in the 1980s, Mulder had not yet perfected his courtroom testimony or his hairstyling skills. <laughs> Five, how many more times will Scully have to endure intruders in her home before the end of the series? Six, what's up with the Omen soundtrack playing in the background? Yes! <laughs> Seven, and ah yes, the ham-fisted ending placing Mulder in the exact same scenario that he has been struggling with for his whole career, even though this is the first time we've ever heard of it. I think he meant salamander-fisted. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he probably did. I I was thinking, did I really read that as ham-fisted and it said salamander-fisted? It's like, wow, I mean, sometimes my reading is off. Salamander-fisted. Yeah. Eight, whoever wrote this episode owes Stanley a lot of money. <laughs> this was a mediocre episode at best. I give it five out of ten cataract eyeballs. Have a great week, John. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. All right, and we got a voicemail from Moira. Hi, Intro to X. It's Moira sneaking in last-minute feedback. Davis and I watched Young at Heart last night, um, and he's not with me to record just now, as I am actually physically at work, if you can believe that, on a Sunday, and he's at home. But I'll let you know what we thought. Poor Mulder and his checkered background at the FBI. It looks as if he was far too by the book in the past, and he missed his opportunity to take out a bad guy and save his colleague, and he's lived to regret it ever since. I kind of felt sorry for him there. Um, I was very gratified to see that by the end of this episode, Mulder was willing to man up and do the dirty deed. Um, So I'm glad he took the kill shot, because that guy deserved to die. As far as, uh, you know, Monsters of the Week go, he's he's, um, pretty creepy, actually, with the oddly whited-out eyes. I mean, was that supposed to indicate... Sort of cataracts, because cataracts don't cover your whole eyeball, but hey, I guess we'll just not question that. Um, oh, from Moira's Medical Minute, the disease they mentioned that makes children age prematurely, that's actually a real thing. I uh, have to confess, I had to look that up. It's not like I took that course in med school, but it is a real thing. Um, and very sad, and those kids don't usually live past their teenage years, so at least they weren't making up a disease, so I'll give them credit for that. I had to kind of laugh at the uh, the um, amphibious appendage that that was grown onto our our perpetrator. Uh, to me, it looked sort of rudimentary and um, partly developed. It reminded me of fetal tissue, like, like in an unborn baby, where the skin is rather thin and and the veins and arteries are very very prominent because the skin is so thin, and it just looked. Very, very bizarre. But since I also didn't take amphibious growing 101 in med school, I can't really criticize, right? <laughs> I did find the whole premise of a criminal uh, hellbent on revenging himself or avenging himself on Mulder fairly creepy. So I'm, I, I would give the perpetrator a pretty good, uh, you know, rat rating on the creepiness scale. But despite that, overall, I didn't really find this episode fabulous. I don't quite know why. I mean, it had some good elements to it, and yet it was just okay for me. So, uh, I don't know. It's only getting a 6 out of 10. I mean, despite despite some of the creepiness in it. Um, anyway, love to hear what you guys think, and we will continue to follow along. Bye for now. Thank you, Moira. 
Where is he not bloodthirsty? I'm glad he got killed. <laughs> Yikes. I hate to say it, but that's just what comes from being a Kingstonian. Unashamed. <laughs> for his medical, for, for like his, his, his ability for science alone. The loss to science. <laughs> we all could have lived forever, man. Forever. That's the worst thing ever. That's the beginning of the end. What? Living forever? Immortality. Yeah, I agree, but Mel doesn't agree with no. me. Well, I don't no. disagree, but I don't... I don't know. <laughs> if Moira lived forever, she'd just want to go around killing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> True. We should know about this blood bloodthirst that Moira has. <laughs> we have to keep an eye Do on. no harm. Do no harm. <laughs> <laughs> Moira, we're going to be listening very closely to your future voicemails for signs of this bloodthirsty nature of your Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, I gave my one of my patients all the medicines, and he died. Oopsie daisies. <laughs> wow. I was kind of glad he died, though. <laughs> <laughs> It filled me with great joy. <laughs> We're all bloodthirsty monsters. <laughs> What's next? Is that the end of the... You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have to inform me when we're That's all out of feedback. That's the end of the feedback. <laughs> okay. You're totally fired. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> um, I think they may have to go uh, searching for a new person. They're looking for an excuse to get rid of me. Yeah. Yep. Um, so... Uh, so now X ratings. Let's go first. Hell, she's our guest. What? Oh. <laughs> um, I will agree with everybody basically that they said that it's a pretty mediocre episode. It's not very exciting. I mean, it's a bit creepy. No. Mom. <laughs> Is it your mom? I hung up. You hung up immediately. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I think it was your mom. Oh. Maybe. Somebody call to check your messages. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, over, I guess. Sorry. Anyways. Oh, I'm I'll go get it. Anyways, yeah, like I said, mediocre, whatever. Anyways, I'm going to give it six out of ten uh, creepy Valentine ha- haiku notes slash phone calls. Mm. <laughs> you want to go next? I'll go next okay. then. May <laughs> <laughs> as well. I I thought this episode was okay, but I found it quite boring. But I only watched it the once. Um, I think maybe I'd enjoy it a bit more the second time because it was crazy. Um, but yeah, it wasn't the most exciting thing, and I don't know why they threw the salamander hand in there. It didn't make any sense. And yeah, and Scully didn't do anything, and I think there was too much Mulder, and that's why I didn't like it. Um, so I'm going to give it five out of ten tasty psychotropic salamander fingers. <laughs> I'll go next. Uh, okay, so the first time I watched this episode, I fell asleep halfway through and then had to rewatch the last half and thought, God, this episode's boring. Now I have to watch it again and take notes. Um, mm-hmm. But the second time I watched it, which was earlier today, I found most of it hilarious. I just thought, like, I don't know, Reggie was the best, and just craziness happened, and then I noticed the music in <laughs> Scully's apartment, and there were just so many things that I laughed at, mainly um, David Duchovny's bad acting, uh, so I gave it 7.5 out of 10 mind-blowing episodes that weren't quite mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> it will blow your mind. I love that. I loved that he said it twice. I... I I like that was my favorite part of the episode when he kept saying that he was gonna blow blow Mulder's mind. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Brad. Um, all right. 
I did watch this one twice. Boy, it's just not very good. Um, <laughs> but on the upside, there is Reggie, and he's great, and I hate that he's gone. Um, so I guess I'll have to go... Oh, I'll go six out of ten fists of salamander juice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to agree. It's very mediocre, if not subpar. <laughs> it, it retreads just like the whole people coming up from Mulder and Scully's past thing. I, I hope they stop doing that soon. Um, yeah, I'll give it a five out of, five out of ten Mulders with performance issues. <laughs> <laughs> that um, is an overall rating for this episode of 5.9. Ooh, is that the lowest? Uh, no, I mean, something was four. Surely not. No, I don't think it was the lowest. I th- I think space had to have been the lowest. Yeah. Mm. Um, Ghost in the Machine was a three point five. Whoa. Space was a two point eight. Whoa! <laughs> wow. Gender Bender was a four point nine. So we've had some pretty low ones. All right. So what's the 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 mark to beat? Three point eight. No, two point something. Oh, two point eight. Two point eight was space because that was the one Robin gave a zero to. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, uh, wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if you're gonna give zero to something, your eyes should be bleeding as you're watching it or something. <laughs> Got to be bad, bad. Um, so next time predictions. Uh, what I have written here is E B E. Is that really the name? Yeah, yeah apparently so, yes. so. Okay, so what's E-B-E Well, mean? I think it's either Eric Banner's eyes, where <laughs> his eyes pop out of his head and they go on wacky adventures and they roll around <laughs> and spy on people. Oh, no. Or or they could be like the two Jamaican eyeballs out of the movie Fre- uh, Freaked and like be crazy <laughs> Jamaican eyeballs. I don't know. Rastafarian eyeballs. <laughs> or okay. it's... Or it's elderly blonde Ewok. And it's <laughs> elderly blonde Ewoks. <laughs> Apart from that, Here's what know. it is. Here's what it is. All right. So we got Scully and Mulder and the FBI, but they're going to come in conflict with the Eastern Bureau of Enforcement. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> nice. It's a rogue clan of evil ninjas out trying to keep secrets for the government. <laughs> I thought it was electro brain explosions, <laughs> and it's going to have something to do with aliens using lightning to explode people's minds. Can we also, have all of these in the same foot? Fo- like <laughs> yes. Half of these will probably happen eventually. Yeah. <laughs> There's enough seasons. The guys who are, you know, on the spoiler group are discussing it right now. <laughs> Go, oh, man. <laughs> they guessed episode seven of series nine. <laughs> you must have predicted predicted at least like eight correct episodes so far <laughs> <laughs> yep all right uh so now uh we're gonna thank our guest melanie thank and you get to plug the podcast Ooh, the twin peaks podcast a delightful podcast for all to enjoy yes <laughs> <laughs> and you were also on uh carney cast which is still up right claire yeah it will be up forever. Okay. Forever? Wow. Unlike Mulder. Boop, boop, boop. That's nice. That was good. <laughs> All right. So it looks like I made it through the episode. Uh, I, I assume I'll be here next time. Yep. And, uh... We're going to discuss it. <laughs> decide. You'll be hearing from our people. Just waiting to hear... <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, as long as they don't, as long as they don't find out that I'm actually a reptilian, <laughs> I should be okay. <laughs> Wait, cool, David Ike. <laughs> I actually think they're amphibians. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Until next time, uh, everyone bow down to your reptilian overlords. Bye. Bye. Salamander <laughs> <Bye>. power. <laughs> <laughs> All of our episodes can be found on iTunes or Downcast. If you're listening, let us know at twitter.com slash intro to do at. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash intro talks. Keep it spoiler free. If you do want to talk about spoilers, we have a group for that. That's at facebook.com slash groups slash super secret spoiler. Email us with feedback at mail at introtalks.com. Make sure the episode title is in the subject line. If you want to email me with anything spoilery, email me at supersecretspoiler at introtox.com. All of our podcasts and contact information can be found on our basement office on the internet, introtox.com. And you can tweet me at twitter.com slash lrobiniero. Also check out Redemption Cast, an intro cast I co-host about the TV series Angel. You can find that at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash myafire. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash tambyyip. You can also find me on i'llwatchthatmovie.com where I am a newbie going through movies from the 80s, 90s, and then we'll see what happens from there, and on a belly dance podcast called Yip Podcast. You guys can catch me on the Ramjack Podcast, and also on the Twin Peaks Podcast. We made this!